Every single player who's come to Michigan State since 2007 has a ring on their finger. I'm going to be a coach here for a long time. It's not over. It's just starting. But just remember, pride comes before the fall. So you might as well just come out and say what you're, what's your feeling at some point in time, because you know I can only be diplomatic for so long. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Thursday, September 26th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. On today's show, uh, talk a little bit about uh, Brandon Boyer-Randall off the top. Just a couple minutes there. Uh, enters the transfer portal. Give a, a couple minutes to that. Uh, but then we're going to jump right into our Indiana primer, whatever you want to call it. We're going to get to know Indiana a little bit today. I think, you know, Indiana has been a team that's given Michigan State some trouble over the years. Certainly kind of a thorn in the side type team. I think they're a little bit undervalued so far this year. Uh, and I think they're better than, you know, maybe they're getting credit for. So interesting game certainly could be a, a, a tough test for Michigan State and, you know, a nice little tune-up, although it's kind of a dangerous spot with Ohio State and Wisconsin coming up right around the corner, that sort of trap game thing, the trap game vibe to it. So we will get to know Indiana a little bit here, and then I want to welcome in Nathaniel Bott from the Lansing State Journal, sports reporter there, uh, for the third segment. He'll join us and we will Talk about Michigan State and Indiana. He'll give his thoughts as well uh, on Brandon Boyer-Randall. I talked to him before I recorded the rest of the show, so that's a really good segment. He's got you know good insight, smart guy, knows the team, knows Indiana, uh, so good information there. So that's the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. I also... Uh, want to talk about the spread in this game. I forgot to mention that. We're going to talk about the spread um, of Indiana, Michigan State, because I think it's an interesting one. Uh, But yeah, do these shows five days a week, 30 minutes every day, dedicated to the world of Michigan State football and basketball. All right, let's talk about Brandon Boyer-Randall and then jump into Indiana. So Brandon Boyer-Randall, reserve outside linebacker, kind of a pass rushing specialist. Uh... He has entered his name into the transfer portal, and apparently the intent is to actually leave. Uh, Transfer portal, for those who don't know, was created a year ago by the NCAA, and it's a spot where players who have intentions of transferring can enter their name, and that allows them to be contacted by coaches from other programs uh, in terms of, you know, getting the ball rolling on a potential transfer situation. So that's what it does. It kind of enables that line of communication to be built, to be bridged, bridge that gap. Uh, it doesn't mean, like, if you enter the transfer portal, you don't have to transfer. It's not that they are transferring. Uh, although it certainly seems like with Brandon Boyer Randall, he is intent on going somewhere else. He posted a tweet about, 
um, looking forward to his future. He graduates in December. He'll be a graduate transfer. Uh, and he posted like his 40 time and bench numbers and stuff like that saying looking for any opportunity and then he deleted it quickly. So I think all the signs we're getting are that he's going to be out of here. Don't know. Uh, the timing is certainly strange. If he knew this, like he can't play anywhere this year. If he knows he wants to do this, um, I don't know why you don't wait till the end of the season. Maybe it's more advantageous for him to get in there now and start that dialogue with coaches before spots fill up. That certainly could be in play here. I don't know how that works. Transfer portal, transfer world's kind of crazy. So maybe it's the best move for him to get in there right now uh, and leave the team and just finish out his classes at Michigan State. Make sure he finishes up that degree. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, what it means for Michigan State on the football field, you lose a reserve guy that you know always hurts. But I think with the way Antoine Simmons is playing, um, there really wasn't a lot of room for Brandon Boyer Randall. Uh, Antoine Simmons is a three down linebacker. He can rush the passer. He can hold up very well in coverage. He plays the run. Uh, and he is also a junior. So that's a starting spot. You know, there will be a couple starting spots open next year at linebacker. Brandon Boyer Randall's not playing in the middle. Maybe he could play the star or I forget what the, the other, the side opposite Antoine Simmons, the Sam, uh, when Tyreek Thompson leaves, but there, you know, you've got Boateng there. You've got other uh, well thought of underclassmen there, and maybe you know a, a starting spot wasn't assured of him, and he's not into this bit role. And his role has been reduced a little bit this year, he just because Antoine Simmons has been so good, hasn't been playing a ton. He's only got five tackles on the season, wasn't being used as much as that sort of third down pass rushing specialist that uh, Michigan State has elected to use. You know different players to, to do it. He just hasn't played as much. He's played in all four games, um, but he just hasn't been playing much. So I don't think it's a massive impact. If someone goes down in the linebacking group, maybe you start to feel it there, but you know, there's a lot of depth in that linebacker group, uh, a lot of good players. Some of it's unproven, but there's a lot of talent, a lot of recruiting talent, a long track track record of developing players. And you know, it stinks that he's gone. Too, too bad it couldn't have worked out for everyone. You know, it can't work out for everyone. There's too many players for it to work out for everyone. Hope it goes well for him uh, at his next stop if he leaves the team uh, immediately. But I think it's it stinks, certainly, but I think it's something that that defense can certainly uh, overcome. Okay, let's flip the page here and start talking about Indiana. This is super interesting because... A couple of reasons. Uh, I'll start with this. I think if you asked just general Joe Schmo college football fan, like, hey, 1 to 130, where is Indiana football at? What, like, how good are they? You'd get like 60 to 80, I think all your answers would be uh, in the 60 to 80 range. Maybe someone's like, oh, 52. Um, but I don't think you would get anyone say, eh, they're right around top 30. You know, number 30-ish, number 31, 32, somewhere in that range. I don't think you'd get anyone who would, would give you that answer, but that's not what SP Plus says. And I'm a big believer in SP Plus. A lot of people are big believers in SP Plus. It is a very accurate, predictive measure, forward-looking ranking of college football teams. And it has Indiana ranked as the number 32 team in its rankings. And that sort of surprised me a little bit when I saw it, uh, judging kind of... Indiana's season so far this year, right? They beat a couple of crap teams that they should have beat. You know, they beat UConn. Uh, they get their tails absolutely caved in 
by uh, Ohio State, who the more this season drags on, I think the more we're going to see Ohio State might just be doing that to everybody, except for a couple teams on the schedule. But Indiana's 32nd in SP+, have the number 45 offense, number 36 defense, and number 25 special teams. So they're well-balanced. Um, they've been better at defense, certainly, since Tom Allen got there. Uh, the the teams of uh, Kevin Wilson did some things offensively, and they really didn't have it on the defensive end. And this year, uh, or under Allen, it's been kind of flipped, but this year they seem to be uh, okay on the offensive end. They've got some good players. Um, Stevie Scott's good running back. They've got uh, a guy who's my literally my favorite name in all of college football, uh, Wap Fillier. <laughs> He's like a, a receiver, uh, gadgety type player. He's got a you know he'll get like a handoff every game, kind of an end around type thing. So when they like to get the the ball in his hands in space, that type of thing. Uh, they got Donovan Hale, who's a deep threat. Uh, Peyton Hendershot is their tight end, who's their leading receiver uh, so far this season. Like, there's some talent uh, on this team for sure. Um, the big thing right now is who's going to play quarterback, and that's something that we'll talk more in depth to tomorrow uh, on like the full preview show. But Michael P- uh, Penix Jr. won the starting job out of camp. Peyton Ramsey was backing him up. Penix got hurt. Uh, we know Ramsey. We've seen Ramsey. He's a solid player, uh, kind of in a more efficient pocket type passer, although he can run a bit. Uh, Penix is just a different type of athlete, a fast guy, and really likes to throw it deep. Uh, Indiana has two guys who are averaging more than 20 yards uh, a catch in Hale and then Westbrook. Uh, I'm totally blanking on Westbrook's first name right now. It's going to come to me. Um, Nick Westbrook. That's it. I had to look it up. Nick Westbrook. Um, they're, they have like eight, nine catches each, but they're both going over 20 yards a catch. So there's some ability to get down the field and make big plays in their passing game. And when Penix is the quarterback, that's really uh, going to be what they try to do. And that against Michigan State can work with how they play coverage. And then maybe you open up some room for Stevie Scott because the run game really hasn't gotten going for them so far this year. But basically, they're, they're talented. They're a good team. SP Plus likes them. I think if they were in an easier division, if they weren't in the Big Ten East, they might be a team that could win eight games. Um, They're they're solid. They're a good, solid football team, and they're not going to be a walkover by any stretch. You know, even though Ohio State gave them the absolute business, uh, I think this is going to be a a tough game for Michigan State. So the spread is fourteen and a half. I think right now it's been a weird one. Um, I want to talk about what I make of how that number has been bet and how it's moved and how it opened up. Uh, and I'll do that here in just a minute. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event and our promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. And also, I need to tell you about my bookie. You know about my bookie because I've been telling you about my bookie. If you found $100 in the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? It's not even a real question. Of course you're picking up the money. Why would you walk past a $100 bill? So why do you keep making these picks, picking winners, and not making money on them. It's just you're you're not taking the free money that's there. That's why you got to go to my bookie. It's easy, it's fast, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. You can do all sorts of bets with my bookie. You can do a parlay. 
Did you see the parlay going around on the internet? It was a 20-team parlay. Someone bet 89 cents to win $50,000 or something like that. The most absurd bet you'll ever see. You don't have to do anything that crazy, but... You know, you do a three-team parlay, five-team parlay, you pick a few winners, throw down 10 bucks, and you can multiply your winnings by, you know, picking some upsets, and it's a uh, it's a fun way to bet on college football. You can also bet, you know, half totals, first half, second half, live game mods. They've got a million different ways for you to bet at MyBookie. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on. Visit mybookie.ag today. Use that promo code locked on to activate a doubling of your first deposit from MyBookie. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Okay, so Michigan State favored by like 14, some anywhere between 14 and 15, depending on where you're looking and, and what time you look at the line. And that struck me as really interesting for a couple of reasons. The first one is that Indiana opened up as a 14-point underdog, 14.5-point underdog to Ohio State. Pretty much the same total. Um, And we saw how that turned out. (laughs) Uh, I don't think this game's going to go that direction. But that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, wow, really? But, you know, that Ohio State game was in uh, Bloomington, Indiana. This one is at... East Lansing Spartan Stadium, although uh, watching that game, Ohio State probably had more fans there than Indiana, so I don't really know much about a home field advantage there. So that was something that I noticed right away that was really interesting is that same point spread there. Um, I think Vegas is really has a respect for Michigan State, and they're not totally buying into the offense, but they are obviously 100% locked in on that defense, and you know, if you're Vegas, you can't set an over under at like 33. <laughs> but I think if you're um, if you're Vegas, you're like, yeah, I could see this one being 23 to 10. You know, something like that, 27 to 7. Um, that's kind of like it, it feels like a realistic score, 27 to 6. But you can't again set that over under. So the over under is like 45, um, which is. An implied, I forget what it is, like 30 to 16, something like that. Yeah, because it opened at 46. So 30 to 16, 29 to 16, some somewhere in that sort of range is, is what the uh, implied total, 29 to 15, which is, you know, four touchdowns to two touchdowns. That kind of makes a bit of sense for this game. Um, but it's been bet really interestingly. Uh, it opened up and Ohio or Indiana got a lot of money right away. And then I, I looked back, I think it was Tuesday or, or Monday or Tuesday this week, and Michigan State had 52% of the bets, but like 81% of the money, which is a pretty large discrepancy and suggests some big money bets came in on Michigan State. And then I looked the next day and it was back to like 56% of bets were on Indiana and 52% of the money is on Indiana. So like this thing is just massively swinging back and forth in terms of who the public's on and where the big money bets are coming in on. And yet that spread has only moved kind of a half point in each direction, which kind of leads me to believe that as much as I think, I don't know, like Indiana's good. And I think this one, we'll talk more about this tomorrow, but I think Indiana's going to be a kind of a pain in the ass type game. And really one of those thorn in the side things where Michigan State's up, 
too close for your comfort the entire game, and then maybe they get that last score to kind of pull away exactly like last year. Uh, as much as I think that it's going to be that, it's tough to look at how this game is shedding. Uh, shedding. <laughs> shedding is not what I meant to say. Um, how this game is being bet. <laughs> Shaping out in the betting market is what I was saying. Shaping out in the betting market. And I wasn't saying S-H-I-T-T-I-N-G. Shedding is what... Shaping and betting is what I combined. Shedding. Uh, this game is shaping up in the betting market to be kind of right in there. Like 50-50. The money's going to be split on both sides. Vegas is just going to make money on the on the, on the juice there. Uh, and let everyone kind of lose as they win. And I don't really know what to make of it. And I think the more I look at this, the more I kind of keep checking back in. Like, I think it's really possible that this ends up as a 14 point win for Michigan state. Not that you can peg everything really easily, but it's, it's going against sort of my better judgment and how I really feel, uh, these two teams match up with each other and how these two teams, uh, stack up in terms of just quality because again Indiana is not a bad team but if Michigan State can beat them by two touchdowns and it's comfortable that's gonna leave me feeling pretty good after this game um, I would be happy to be proven wrong but that that line opening up at 14 there really it surprised me and when lines are like that when I think it should be 10 points when I think it should be seven and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half, somewhere in there. College is tough. Point spreads get wacky. But, you know, I was expecting something like that. Eight, nine, maybe 10 points as the opening spread for this game. And when it opens up at 14, like that's a pretty significant margin. And usually when that happens, what you do is you take the points and you lay them. You lay the points because... Uh, Vegas is sort of defying your expectations saying, yeah, this one's going to get more out of hand than you think. And I, I don't see that happening. And when I don't see something happening and Vegas is telling me the opposite, then I always side with Vegas because uh, they know a lot more than I do about college football. So I'm really intrigued with this line. I think it's going to be a close game, but uh, I think I might be wrong. I, there's a good chance that Vegas knows here and Michigan State's winning this thing by two touchdowns. But it was just a really interesting line and it's been bat, back and forth really interestingly uh, this week. So I think kind of that's an appropriate number and the, and the market has determined that is an appropriate number. It's not undervalue, overvalue. It's just like that's what it is. So we'll see how it shakes out. Hopefully Michigan State covers that easily and we have a sweat-free Saturday for two weeks in a row. Wouldn't that be nice? Okay, uh, Nathaniel Bott's going to join us here in just a minute. Uh, ask him about Brandon Boyer-Randall. Then we talk about you know, Michigan State just as he sees the team right now and then going into this Indiana game, what he is sort of looking for, the big matchups he is looking for and the, the keys to the game, if you will. So we'll do that uh, with Nathaniel here in just a second. All right, welcome back to Locked on Spartans. Happy to be joined now by Nathaniel Bott. Nathaniel is a sports reporter for the Lansing State Journal, bounces around, covers a little bit of everything when it comes to Michigan State. Uh, happy to have him on the show. How you doing, Nate? Thanks for joining the program. Yeah, I'm doing great. My pleasure, Well, Happy to be on. Yeah, we are glad we could uh, make some time for you. Let's start out with this you know, new sort of breaking story that came up yesterday. Uh, Brandon Boyer-Randall, reserve linebacker for Michigan State, kind of a third down pass rush specialist, 
has entered into the transfer portal. And I think he's the, the first player in Michigan State to use the transfer portal since it was instituted last season. What were your thoughts when you saw this news and how do you think it impacts this team moving forward? Well, you know, I think it was it was interesting here in the first four games that we haven't really seen um, Brandon Boy Randall on the field on the defensive side of the football. You know, last year he gathered three and a half sacks, was pretty effective in that in that kind of third down third down rush specialist. Um, but you know, it, you know, any transfer is, is surprising, but you know, he's he's been a stalwart on special teams, but I think it has a lot to do with um, the emergence of Antoine Simmons as a very effective. Uh, pass rusher at that star position and you know you've seen uh, Mike Tressel kind of experimenting a little bit more with with blitzing corners and blitzing safeties you know Trey Person mm-hmm. last week had a few rushes Shakur Brown against Tulsa ended up with two sacks um, from the from that nickel spot so you know I think uh, the need for for that third down pass rush specialist has kind of diminished especially with you know how great that defensive line is so I think his role on that side of the ball is diminished, and you know he's a, he has every right to go look for a new opportunity. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned because um, I didn't. I talked, you know, how the the role is kind of diminishing, but that's a really good point. Um, and I'm glad you said it just about the role that Trey Person, Shakur Brown, we've seen even Dom Long do it a little bit. Michigan mm-hmm. State is kind of going smaller at times. We've seen the hybrid linebacker safety type position really start to populate with the, the spread offenses. So that's a really uh, sharp point. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's turn the page here and start talking about Michigan State and Indiana this weekend. Just first, real quickly, where are you at on this Michigan State team? Because I haven't talked with you about that specifically. Kind of as we are heading into game two of the Big Ten season, what are your overall thoughts on this team? Well, you know, I think I think there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work that still needs to be done, especially when you, you know, after this week, you got um, – arguably your two toughest games back-to-back at, at Ohio State and at Wisconsin. I don't know if at the moment this team is ready for that kind of challenge. Uh, there's still obvious question marks on the offensive line. Um, you have issues on, on offense with, with drops uh, pretty much across the board. But at the same time, you, you have to be pleased with the way Elijah Collins has been running the football, even though behind him, you know, who knows what's going on with, with Hayward or, or Ant Williams or you know, Ladarius Jefferson is he even going to be used at all if, or if for short yardage or anything like that. Um, but, you know, Lewerke's looked pretty solid. Um, you know, obviously Daryl Stewart's having a great season and the defense has been, you know, as dominant as, you know, any defense that MSU's seen. So, you know, it's just it, – it's going to be a defensive uh, – I think the defense is going to have to carry the load for most of the season, even if the offense uh, does turn into something – a little more capable and a little more consistent. Um, it's still going to be a defensive first team. That's what's going to carry them to any big wins. Yeah, for sure. And as it relates specifically to Indiana, um, I happen to think they're pretty underrated right now. I think they're a better football team. Like getting blown out by Ohio State doesn't sort of help their perception, but I think they're, you know, they're missing their top quarterback in that game. And Ohio State just might be that next level this season. What have your impressions been so far of Indiana uh, from what you've seen of them this season? Well, you know, um, you know, you bring up them losing their, their top quarterback, but I'm not sure if that makes that much of a difference considering Peyton Ramsey has been, you know, he's he's been in that position as starter. He was, you know, a starter all mm-hmm. last year. I would expect... Um, you know, MSU obviously preparing for both quarterbacks, but, yeah, you know, I think Penix was, you know, on that questionable line last week against UConn. I think they maybe held them out because 
they felt that they could handle UConn without him. I would mm-hmm. expect to see Penix play, and you know he's a he's a traditional you know more more traditional dual threat as in you know Ramsey likes to scramble. You know if a play breaks down, he can he has the ability to scramble. Penix, on the other hand, you know he's a he's a physical runner, and he you know will have a lot more designed runs his way. Um, and you know obviously Indiana, you know it's it's interesting how they have two really solid deep threats, I think, and Donovan Hill and Nick Westbrook. Obviously, Nick Westbrook's been there for a while. But, you know, they're, and then their leading receiver ends up being their tight end. So, you know, they have the ability to, yeah. to throw it underneath to short routes, you know, move the chains, and they also have the ability to throw that deep ball. And they've also got uh, Wap Fillier, too, who's kind of, uh, I don't know how you would describe it. He's a quicker guy, like kind of a do-it-all type thing. I'm really interested to see, because we've seen Peyton Ramsey before, um, I don't think we've seen a ton of panics and he won the starting job this season in what was a pretty competitive quarterback battle with some real experience there and some, you know, former uh, four-star recruit as well as it was a transfer in there that was competing for the job and he won it. And I'm just, if he's able to go and we'll see he's a game time decision, I'm really interested to see what it looks like with him because I think it's a tougher challenge for Michigan state because he can push the ball deep better. He's got a stronger arm. He's more of a deep shot type guy. And you mentioned with uh, Westbrook and Donovan Hill, they, I mean, they've got nine and eight catches respectively, but their averages are 20 yards each. Uh, if, if Penix is playing, like they could really challenge Michigan state deep. And that makes things a lot more interesting, especially as it relates to Stevie Scott, the running back being able to get going. Cause he's been stuck in the mud so far this season. Yeah, and I expect that, you know, there's nothing to tell me that that's not going to continue, especially going up against MSU's defense, how good yeah. they are against the run. You know, I think it's sometimes when, when it's going to come down to teams like Indiana and teams like Illinois, and I thought that, you know, Northwestern should have taken more deep shots. I think that's probably your, you know, best option to handle this MSU defense. It's going to be tough throwing it underneath. Um, you know, they have Tyreek Thompson has proved himself to be pretty solid in coverage. Obviously, Joe Bocci can do everything. And, yeah. you know, they're all sure tacklers in the middle. And, you know, even at the safety spot when those safeties, Dowell and Henderson come up, you're not going to get much yards after the catch. It's going to be tough for them to move the chains without looking downfield. I think it's a matter of, you know, whether or not that Indiana is going to be able to to protect the quarterback that's in play because, I mean, yeah. losing Coy Crocker the whole season, that's your captain, that's your left tackle. Um, that's going to be it's going to be real real trouble for them if if they're not going to be able to protect who's back there. You know, I'm sure Kenny Willickis is looking his chops, knowing that quite <laughs> Cox sure. not out there. Yeah, and I think they only returned him and one other starter to their offensive line this season. So that's a group that is, you know, coming into the season a little bit of a, a changeover, a little bit of turmoil. Got to get used to each other, and now you throw that into the mix. It's like, oh great, and now we're going to go play Michigan State. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think, like, what do you want to see offensively from Michigan State in this game? Because uh, I don't know if you're into SP Plus much at all. I like to use it all. Indiana's 36th in SP Plus defense, uh, which is a, a solid ranking, I think better than they really get credit for. And so I think this is going to be more of a challenge than we like to think with Indiana on that side of the ball. They've been better uh, with Allen there as head coach. Uh, what do you want to see from the offense that will like you'll leave the game with a positive feeling like, okay, I think they can go play Ohio state and at least be a competitive offensive unit. Well, I think it, it definitely starts up front. Um, you know, whether that, that offensive line sees a little bit more cohesion. I thought they played pretty well against Northwestern. Um, 
both in, in protecting Brian Lewerke and for opening up some holes for the runners. Um, but, you know, you know, Indiana's going to be bringing as much pressure as they can. You know, they're going to want – they don't want all the time in the world for Lewerke to step back and throw for, you know, deep guys like Daryl Stewart and Cody White. I mean, Daryl Stewart's got 30 catches. Usually if he throw it his way, he's going to come down with it. Um, they do have a good corner in Marcinho Ball. Um, I expect him to probably be matched up with Stewart. I would like to see Lewerke um, try to factor in some more, more receivers. Uh, you know, sometimes that's been a knock on, on Lewerke, I think, as he gets kind of some, some tunnel vision um, mm-hmm. you know, when he gets, when he gets a, a good connection with the receiver in game. He kind of looks that, that way and, you know, doesn't go through his full progressions. But, you know, I'd also like to see, uh, you know, the running back situation working itself out. You know, obviously Elijah Collins is your lead guy. Um, but when you're throwing in Connor Hayward or Ant Williams or Ladarius Jefferson, whoever it may be, I like to see maybe some more um, consistency there with who who your your second back is going to be and and who's going to be that third down back for you. Yeah, the the backfield is interesting because they still need to kind of fill out those roles, and I think you know Anthony Williams Jr. has some talent and is really interesting, but there's still some development that needs to take place there, and then you've got experience ahead of them. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be interested to sort of see how that shakes out. I think this game, like I was surprised the spread opened up at 14, 14 and a half, wherever, uh, you know, somewhere in that range. I, you know, this one seems like it's always closer than that. And I think mm-hmm. Indiana is getting a little bit disrespected there. So I actually think it's going to be closer, you know, under 10 points in Michigan state. We you know it might be a sweat till the end there uh, has, as it's been in the past. How do you see this one playing out? Back, you know, any of the past five years, it's been a sweat to the end for most times when MSU plays Indiana. Even last year, you know, 35-21, you know, that's that's because they get a 75-yard jet sweep reverse touchdown out of Jalen Naylor to give them a little bit of cushion there, but that game was a lot closer. You know, 14 and a half is interesting. Um, you know, I don't think, yeah, I think what you said, Indiana gets a little bit of, of disrespect. Um, but you know, that's a line where you don't know who's going to be the quarterback. You don't know if mm-hmm. can go on the road and put up the 31 spot with the offense looking pretty good against a Northwestern team who I'm sure most view, you know, you put Northwestern Indiana on neutral field, Northwestern's probably going to win that football game. So I wasn't necessarily shocked at the line, uh, especially with Michigan state being at home. Um, but Indiana, I, I would expect Indiana to keep it close, um, at least for the first, first half, first three quarters, but. You know, I'm, I'm expecting MSU to probably come out on top around that that 14 to 15 point range. I always say they don't build skyscrapers in the middle of the desert on accident. So if it came in around that 14 <laughs> point range, I would not be surprised. He's Nathaniel yeah. Bott, sports reporter for the Lansing State Journal. Uh, inaugural appearance on the show. Uh, great job. Thanks so much yeah. for joining us. Great insight. And we will catch up with you down the road. OK, of course. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. All right. Thanks again to Nathaniel for joining the show. Apologies there. The, his phone just in that last question crapped out for like two seconds, but I think you got the gist of what he was saying. So I just left it as is. I think it's tough to sort of edit around those little crackles you get with a, with a bad cell phone reception. It just happened that one or twice right there. So you got the gist of what he was saying. So thanks again to Nathaniel for joining the show. Good insight there. Uh, happy to have him be someone who is a guest now of the show. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow, full preview. 
trying to get someone to come on and talk about Indiana football. We'll see if that shakes out. I've been unsuccessful the last couple of weeks doing this, although I had one lined up for Arizona State. The power goes out. That is not my fault. And I don't think anyone actually covers Northwestern football, so that's not my fault either. We'll get someone on here to talk Indiana football who knows more about the team than I do. So that'll be tomorrow. Full preview, Michigan State, Indiana coming your way tomorrow. Uh, Please join us. Then reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We will see you tomorrow.